0: Hey, happy Easter. I'm Tom. If I've not met you, I'm so happy that you're here with us. And it's amazing because all across the world, from right here in Alliston to Albuquerque, to Adelaide, to Azerbaijan, to uh, um, anyways, all across the world, the church, Jesus's body, are celebrating something. And that is, drumroll, roll pr- please, Jesus's resurrection from the dead. We're celebrating Jesus's victory over death. He is risen. Maybe you've heard someone in your house say that to you already, or someone you've come across on the street. And I want to give you a little tip. If someone says he is risen to you, you respond with, he is risen indeed. So let's just do that. We're going to practice a little bit. So on the count of three, after I say he is risen, you'll say he is risen indeed. And I'm trusting you're doing this from your living room or wherever you're watching this. So on the count of three, let's do it together. One two, three. He is risen! I really hope you said it. Well done. So to get us started today, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to read an account of the resurrection um, from the Jesus Storybook Bible, actually, which is a summation of all four of the Gospels where Sally Lloyd-Jones has kind of retold it really beautifully. And then after that, we're going to talk about why Jesus died, what the resurrection means, and how that applies to us today. Okay, so we're going to read first together, then talk a little bit about what that means, and then hopefully have a great takeaway and the rest of our day just celebrating Jesus' resurrection. So let's read God's Wonderful Surprise together by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Jesus' friends were sad. They would never see their best friend again. How could this happen? Wasn't Jesus the rescuer? The king God had promised it was not supposed to end like this. Yeah, but whoever said anything about this being the end? Just before sunrise on the third day, God sent an earthquake, an angel from heaven. And when the guards saw an angel, they fell down with fright. The angel rolled the huge stone away, sat on top of it, and waited. At the first glimmer of dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other women headed to the tomb to wash Jesus' body. The early morning sun slanted through the ancient olive trees, drops of dew glittering on leaves and grasses. Little tears everywhere. The friends walked quietly along the hilly path through the olive groves until they reached the tomb and immediately noticed something odd. It was wide open. They peered through the opening in the dark tomb, but wait, Jesus' body was gone. And something else, a shining man was there with clothes made of lightning. Don't be scared, the angel said, but they couldn't help it. They screamed anyway. The angel asked them, What are you doing here? This is a tomb, and tombs are for dead people. The women couldn't speak. Jesus isn't dead anymore, he said. He's alive again. And their hearts leapt, and then the angel laughed with such gladness that they felt for a moment as if they had woken from a nightmare. The other women rushed home, but Mary stayed behind. How could it be true? Jesus was definitely dead. How could he be alive? Just then, Mary heard something else in the garden. Mm, I wonder if it's the gardener, she thought. He'll he'll know where Jesus' body is. I, 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 I don't know where Jesus is, Mary said urgently. I, I can't find him. But it was all right. Jesus knew where she was, and he had found her. Mary! Only one person said her name like that. She could hear her heart thumping. She turned around. She could just make out a figure. She shaded her eyes to see and thought she was dreaming. But she wasn't dreaming. She was seeing Jesus! Mary fell to the ground. Sudden tears filled her eyes and great sobs shook her whole body. And all she wanted in that moment was to cling to Jesus and never, ever, 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 ever let him go. Hey, you'll be able to hold on to me later, Mary, Jesus said gently, and always be close to me. But now go and tell others that I'm alive. Mary ran and ran all the way to the city. She had never run so fast or so far in all her life. She couldn't, she couldn't. felt like she could have run forever. She didn't even feel like her feet touched the ground. The sun seemed to be dancing and gleaming and bounding across the sky, racing with her and shining brighter than she could ever remember in the clear, fresh air. And it seemed to her that morning as she ran, almost as if the whole world was singing for joy. The trees, tiny sounds in the grass, the birds, her heart. Was God really making everything sad come untrue? Was he making even death come untrue? She couldn't wait to tell Jesus' friends. They won't believe it, she laughed. What a story. So let's find this story that we just heard in the bigger story of God. What's going on that's led up to this story of the resurrection? In the very beginning, way, way back, way, 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 way back, there existed God. God as the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And they lived in perfect union and unity and love and light. And from that beautiful place of existence, there was this explosion of creativity. And that creativity ended up being everything that you and I see. The cosmos, this universe. God created bananas and stars and hummingbirds and your brother and seaweed and everything that we see. But of all his creation, he loved humanity, man and woman, the most. God wanted man and woman, who he made in his image, to live with him forever. God wants and wanted union or communion with us. And for a little while, we did. We enjoyed life with God. But then, one day, we were told a lie. And we wondered, maybe life without God is better. Maybe God isn't really who he says he is. And you know what? We tried it out. We rebelled against God and his way. And let me tell you, it was not a good scene. Because you you have to see that God is the source of all life, of all light, and of all goodness. So think about that for a sec. So if we attempt to live life without God, it only could end up in death and darkness and brokenness. And that's what happened. But God loved us too much to leave us without himself. Remember, he always wanted union and communion with his His image bearers. So what he did is he promised one day Someone would come who would reconnect us to the with God life. Someone who would come and crush the head of the serpent who tempted us and drew us away from the with God life. And so the story goes on and there's more people that fill the earth and more stories happen. And in the midst of that, God makes a promise and a partnership to a man named Abraham. And that turned into a promise that that he made with a nation called Israel. And in those promises, he gave them a new way to live and a promise of relationship. But you see, they could not hold up their end of the bargain. They rebel against both God and his way. And this happens over and over and over and over and over and over again. Until one day. God came. He put on flesh and lived amongst us as one of us, This is Emmanuel, God with us, or Jesus. Jesus comes and he puts on flesh. He's God with skin on. And what Jesus does is he comes and shows us what the with God life really looks like. And Jesus came and he did all kinds of incredible things to actually undo the results of our life without God. He healed the sick. He treated the overlooked with dignity. He showed us what God was really like. And this ultimately led to him being on the cross, where he took on the without God life head on. God in Jesus, once and for all, deals with the things that keep us from living in union with him. God on the cross was reconciling or reconnecting the world to himself in Christ. We had tried to live the without God life. He steps in to reconnect us to the with God life. How did God make the sad things come untrue? How did he make death come untrue? At the cross, which we were remembering on Friday, we see the scene of ultimate judgment. Because sin is rebellion against the person of God and against his ways. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every human being to ever exist. And what sin does is it continually spoils, defaces, distorts, and damages his beautiful creation. And because God is good and loving and full of wisdom and can't deny himself, God hates sin. God hates sin because it keeps us from him and him from us. And he especially hates sin when it spoils, defaces, distorts, or damages his image bearers, his children. But God also gives us free will and a choice. So in this state, God hands us over to our sinful desires and humanity suffers the consequences of the without God life over and over and over again. Death and darkness and brokenness are the only outcomes because we've rebelled against God. And to rebel against God is to rebel against life and light and goodness. So it's into this mess that Jesus steps. The painter steps into his painting. Jesus comes into humanity's disobedience and our alienation as our substitute to receive the punishment of sin. Also on the cross, Jesus becomes the representative of humanity as we share in his death. One died for all, therefore all died. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, you see, he was clothed in your sin and my sin at the cross. He died your death and my death so that you and I might wear his righteousness and share in his risen life. The cross deals with our sin and guilt. At the cross, we see this as the scene of final victory. Because Jesus' work on the cross also conquers Satan, evil, and death itself. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And this victory, it grants freedom for God's people, freedom for God's children. His sons and daughters have been set free because he has disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He has crushed the head of the serpent, just like he said he would. The cross has dealt with the powers of evil and oppression. The cross is the scene of perfect worship because Jesus lived out God's will and law perfectly in his ministry here on earth. In Jesus' life and death, he fulfills Israel's call to obedience to the Father by reversing our continual no to God. And the idolatry of the without God life has been reversed in Jesus' perfect worship at the cross. Is it possible that the sad things are becoming untrue? The cross is the scene of a new birth. Old humanity was put to death on the cross so that a new humanity could be birthed. Julian of Norwich described the cross as the labor pains of the new humanity. At the very point of Jesus' death, new life was breaking out. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. The cross is the beginning of all the sad things becoming untrue. Even death itself is becoming untrue. Which brings us to our story we read this morning. Jesus is back from the grave, having paid the price for our sin and guilt, freeing us from captivity, reversing our disobedience, and birthing a new humanity. Because, listen, death itself could not keep him. Because there is more life in Jesus than there is death in death. In the incarnation and resurrection, God deleted every definition of distance ever possible. Every possible excuse man could have to feel separated or even neglected by God was removed in one day through one sacrifice once and for all. That's good news. His resurrection symbolizes the eternal life that he gives to any who believe in him. His resurrection symbolizes his message of heaven coming to earth. His resurrection symbolizes and embodies what God is really like. So what now? Maybe you're here this morning, and you're tuning in for Easter for the first time ever, and you're hearing the good news that Jesus has made a way for the with God life again, for the first time. Maybe you're hearing that. And maybe God's Spirit is doing something in you, and you want to receive all, the, all that God has done for you. And I'm believing in faith that that's someone out there or someone's out there. And if that's you today, I want to just qu- quickly just lead you through a short prayer where you're able to come into all that God has done for you. Come back into the with God life, receiving forgiveness, having a new king. And so if this is you. Just pray the short prayer after me. Lord, I admit I have tried to live life without you. I'm sorry. I no longer want to live in rebellion to your kingdom. Jesus, I receive your death as the penalty for my sin. And I recognize your mercy and grace towards me. You alone are my savior and living hope. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith I receive all that you have done for me. Come and take your rightful place in my mind, in my heart. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. For those of us who know Jesus already, who are following him, who are living the with God life, I want to remind us that not only does the resurrection assure us of life after death, but it also enriches and reminds us that there is life before death in Jesus. We were buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. So that's the eternal hope that we have. But what about right now? By being in Christ, we can at least in part live the resurrection life now. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. There is life before death. God's spirit lives within you. May he illuminate and captivate and inspire you to see him more clearly. As believers, just like Mary, Jesus is instructing us, hey, go and run. Just like Jesus told Mary to run as fast as we can to deliver the good news that Jesus is alive and that the new age is done. The with God life is open. May we share that and spread that good news today as we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. A blessing to close. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ, our Savior, is alive The grave cannot hold him. Christ is alive. There is joy this morning. Go into the world with joy. Tell the world Christ lives. Tell the world of God's love. Go, my sisters and brothers. Go without fear. Go without shame. Go without apology. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Easter.